The Tennis Can't Win Podcast on the Sports Can Podcast Network is brought to you by Nordic Fantasy. Sign up today using promo code SGPN and then go to sportscampodcast.com slash dog to enter our bonus contest. Five winners will receive hats, shirts, and a $50 SGPN gift card. We're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, sports and rich platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Out the Hall of Fame Bets, advertising show at bets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. Welcome, everybody, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Game Podcast. It is currently early Monday morning, right after midnight on the East Coast. It's currently Monday, February 26th. And our host, Zoe Scott Rice Show, once again, going solo for this pod. Should be a fun episode, bit of a longer one. We have three tournaments to preview. We have Acapulco, we have Dubai, and Santiago. So to go in order, we're going to do Dubai first, then we're going to do Santiago, then we'll do Acapulco last. As for the actual schedule for the week, Probably going to be a similar schedule to what happened last week. The tournaments in Mexico, unfortunately, have their matches so late. The odds don't really come out until very, very uh, early in the morning, or I should say the matches finish that early. So we might have to punt on Acapulco for the quarterfinals and the semis. But either way, point is we will be covering Dubai and Santiago throughout the entire week. Either way, though, before we get into the actual uh, picks for the outrights, do want to take care of some uh, housekeeping. want to start off with a reminder to like and subscribe on YouTube. Also a reminder to hit the like button, uh, rate and review on Spotify or Apple if you do want to support the show. Also, if you want to support the show, we have merch on the SGPN merch store. We have hats, we have mugs, etc. So if you want to buy a shirt and support the show, you know where to go. The SGPN merch store on the SGPN website. Now, as for the Lock and Dog recap, unfortunately, was not a good Sunday for us. Ended up basically doubling down on the over in the Rio match between Baez and Navone. Not even close as Baez ended up destroying him as the match flew under and the match did not go to three sets. So can't even say it was that close at all at any point. Baez was up 4 nothing immediately in the first set and Navone never got going. I thought that Navone would eventually use his consistency to force some errors from Baez's forehand, but Baez just showed up and just absolutely dominated from start to finish, and Navone looked like he was playing a different sport. It was not really uh, that close. Uh, Baez, to go through the actual numbers here, ended up uh, winning 68% of the first serve points, 67% of the second serve points. Navone, by comparison, won 42% of his first serve points and 41% of the second serve points. Got broken six times. So it was a catastrophe for Navone, as he ended up getting the... A uh, rough first experience of making an ATP final. As for Baez, he won his first ever ATP 500. He's one of the more successful Argentinian players of all time. And you're looking at his resume already being kind of neck and neck, arguably better than Schwartzman's at this stage in his career. And he's still in his like mid-20s. So Baez can be a serious champion, especially on clay, moving forward for years to come. But the point is, Baez got the job done, won easily, and Navone looked good for most of the tournament, but unfortunately fell flat in his face for the final on Sunday. Not really much else to recap. The match was really boring and uneventful because Baez won the match in basically an hour. So a couple of interesting moments, maybe late in the first set, because Navone got off to a slow start. They kind of woke up a little bit, but that was a brief wave 
Baez was never really in danger of punting the first set, and he held on comfortably. Match took an hour and 22 minutes. I'm sure the fans, they were pissed because the match was not entertaining or close whatsoever. Either way, they picked up a loss there for the lock and dog. Look to snap back on track here on Monday. Now, for the actual preview, I'm going to mention we do have Dubai quarters as well. So we are going to preview the quarter markets for Dubai. Unfortunately, we do not have the quarters for Santiago or for Acapulco, so we're going to have to deal with what we got, but either way, point is we are going to basically deal with it and hope for the best. So starting off with the actual quarter odds, we're going to go with the first quarter. Uh, you have Medvedev as the favorite of minus 200. You have uh, Chorich at 7-1. to one. You have Fakina at 7-1. to one. You have Mensik at 10-1. to one. Sonigo at 14-1. to one. Morozin at 14-1. to one. Shevchenko at 18-1. to one. And you also have Nagal at 80 to 1. I'm picking Medvedev. I also forgot to mention before the recent winners of the event, so I'll briefly do that now, which segues into why I'm taking Medvedev. Medvedev is the defending champion. Beat Rublev in the final last year. Ended up, uh, I believe he beat Djokovic in the semis, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Rublev beat Vesely the year prior. Karatsev beat Harris, and Djokovic beat Tsitsipas. So kind of a trend, if you didn't notice. A Russian has won each of the last three Dubai tournaments because Medvedev, Rublev, and Karatsev ended up winning. So Medvedev, I'm going to take. It's his first match since Australia, so maybe there'll be some rust in there. But Medvedev is easily the best player in this field. It's not close. I think we all know that he's either the third or the fourth best player. You can argue that based on Alcaraz's inability to win titles for basically the last eight months, Medvedev probably is the third best player in the world. So there is a decent gap between him and and the rest of the competition. He's been comfortable in Dubai, and I do think he's in line for a good showing here. So I am going to go with Medvedev as my pick here for the quarter. I mean, who else am I going to take? Chorich, Fakina, Mensik? I'll pass. I think Medvedev's going to run away with this quarter. Give me Medvedev at minus 200. Now, moving on to the second quarter, you have Hercatch as the favorite of about plus 125. You have Umber at plus 450. Shapo at 6-1. You have Munfi at 7-1. You have Murray at 9-1. You have O'Connell at 12 to 1, Struff at 16 to 1, and you have Mark Terror as the longest uh, uh, longest price there. I'm going to go with Hercatch at plus 125. I know he's been a bit of a pain of our, in our side recently, but still, he has a good draw. Umber is against Monfi in the first round. You might remember that Monfi just beat him in Doha. So I'm really not interested in taking Umber. I would be, but Monfi just beating him comfortably in the previous tournament does kind of scare me off a bit where Umber could potentially lose into the first round. But Hercatch has a pretty good path. I think he's in line for a good showing. I think the serve's going to dominate. So give me Hercatch at plus 125. Don't really have any other long shot plays. I think Umber and Monfi are going to kill each other in round one, so I'm going to stay away from them entirely. Now moving on to the third quarter, you're looking at the favorite being Kashanov. Shout out to him for cashing the plus 600 outright for us. In Doha, uh, you have Laheshka at four to one. You have Makic at five to one. Greek Sports six to one. Bublik at seven to one. Vuksovic at seven to one. Papyron at eleven to one. And Shelbe at twenty-eight to one. Now Kishanov is going to be a popular pick for this event because one, he's Russian, which goes with the past couple of winners. B, he just won in Doha, so he's obviously in great form. The problem that I have here is that he might be fatigued. And I do think that Kashanov, despite being in solid form, might be in line for a potential letdown performance here in Dubai. 
Uh, I mean, you're looking at the path here. Papyrin in the first round is not ideal. They had a very competitive matchup in the semis of Doha, where the first set was, I believe, a 14-12 breaker score in favor of Kashanov. It would not shock me if Papyrin got revenge here in the immediate rematch, but the winner of that match would face off against either Laheshka or Fuksovics. Pretty dangerous little... A section of players there, so I am going to stay away from Kashanov based on the actual draw. Now, I do think there's value on Greek Spore, who we actually took last week and it got voided because he ended up withdrawing, but we saw how good he was in Rotterdam, and I do think he's in line for a good showing. Very solid draw, matchup against Shelbe in the first round, big favorite there, and then he'll face off against either Bublik or Makic. He should be a decent favorite in the second round of that tournament, so... I'm going to let Laheshka, Fuksovics, Papyrin, and Kashanov kill each other, and hopefully a Greek Spore is there to feast on the scraps. But 4-1, to one, I think, is a good price for Greek Spore. 6-1 is an incredible price. So give me 6-1. to one. I know 4-1 to one I think we had last week, which ended up not mattering because Greek Spore didn't show up. Give me 6-1. to one. I think it's a great price for a guy that was in good form for the last couple weeks and decided to take a calculated a week off in order to recharge his batteries. I like the spot for him. Give me Greek Spore as my only pick at 6-1. to one. Definitely my favorite value play uh, for the quarters. And last but not least, we have the fourth quarter, and Rublev is the favorite, a plus 140. Korda is the second favorite, a 3-1. to one. Uh, Kaza is the third favorite at 6-1. to one. Manrino is at 7-1. to one. Uh, Dezanchulp is 12-1. to one. Musetti's 14-1. to one. Zhang is 16-1. to one. And Kotov is 18-1. to one. Now, Rublev's going to be my pick. My main pick for this quarter. I do have a uh, long shot, though. Uh, Barublev is the best player here in the quarter. He's been kind of hit or miss recently, but still best player. Kind of my theory for her catch. And he's a former champion. So I know that he's good in, du in uh, Dubai in the past. And I do think that his draw is fine. I'll be honest. There's been better draws for favorites to win a quarter. But he's facing off against Zhang in the first round. Should be the favorite than either Kaza or Musetti. I'm probably going to assume Kaza, but the point is Rublev should be a favorite in every match here. But I am going to segue to my second pick, which actually will be the longest shot on the board. Give me Kotov at 18 to 1. Now, a couple reasons why I am going to go with Kotov. Yes, it might be a borderline donation, but bear with me. So I think he's an underrated player. In general, we saw him make an ATP final last year on hard court, so I know that he's capable of making deep runs. And you're looking at his actual path. It's not terrible. Now, uh, you're looking at Korda being the second favorite in the quarter, and Kotov is in a matchup against Korda in the first round. Now, Korda's been a disaster in 2024, so I actually don't mind facing off against Korda in the first round because we've seen how inconsistent or consistently bad a court has been this year. Uh, they faced off one time previously on clay in 2019. Doesn't matter. I mean, Kotov won the won that match anyway. If you care, I'm not going to factor it in. But the point is, I do think that Kotov at an 18 to one price with Korda being the second favorite. I do think Kotov has the game to beat Korda and to potentially inherit his draw, which makes him pretty valuable at 18 to one. I just don't think that he should be the biggest long shot on the board. I think Zhang should be. I know Zhang is the better player, but facing off against Rublev in the first round is a lot more difficult than facing off against Korda in the first round. This price feels off. I think that Kotov should be closer to 13 to 1, 14 to 1 or so. I'll take a long shot stab with the 18 to 1 price on Kotov. So once again, my quarter picks here. First quarter, give me Medvedev at minus 200. Second quarter is going to be her catch at plus 125. Third quarter, going to go with Greek Spore at 6-1. to one. I can't believe it's 6-1. to one. I thought it was going to be closer to 4-1, to one, but it's at 6-1, to one, so I'll take that. 
And fourth quarter, give me Rublev at plus 140 and give me Kotov at 18 to 1. Now, moving on to the actual outright picks for uh, Dubai, I am going to go read off the odds first, then I'll, I'll circle back to my picks. So, starting off with my actual picks, or start, sorry, starting off with the odds, uh, Medvedev is at plus 160, Rublev's about plus 550. Odds may vary, so shop around. Her catch is at 6 to 1, Kord is at 14 to 1, Akashanov's at 14 to 1, Leheshka's at 16 to 1, Umbeer's at 22 to 1, Bublik's at 25 to 1, Kaz is 30 to 1, and to go down the line a bit more, Shapo's 30 to 1, Chorich is 30 to 1, Manorino's 30 to 1, Magic is 35 to 1, Fakina's 35 to 1, Greek Sports 40 to 1, and Fuxelvix is 40 to 1. I'm going to stop there, basically. Now to go through. My picks here, I am going to go with Medvedev. Uh, I have to. He's the defending champion. I think that he's his game is really set up well to perform, uh, I'd say, admirably in this tournament. And I do think that he's in line to look sharp once again. Best player here, hardcore specialist. Give me him at plus 160. I am going to go with Rublev at plus 550. Yes, I do wish the draw was better, but I still think that you're looking at a guy, a former champion, who can showcase a lot of firepower on this court. And you're looking at the rest of the actual competition. Uh, her catch has been up and down. Korda at 14 to 1 is laughable. I can't believe that he's at the same price as Kashanov. That's absurd. I think Korda should be closer to 16, 17 to 1, maybe 20 to 1. And Kashanov should be probably around 12 to 1. So there might be some value on Kashanov if you want to go based on price, but still. Umbeer, 22 to 1. Maybe if Munfi was not his first round matchup. So I am going to pass on that. But I am going to go with the two favorites here. And I am going to go with a long shot. Give me Greek Sport at 40 to 1. Mentioned it before. I do like his overall draw. I like the overall quarter spot for him. And I do think that with his form in Rotterdam, 40 to 1 feels a little bit steep. You're looking at who's in front of him, immediately in front of him. Fakina's a head case at 35 to 1. Makic could be in an okay spot, but facing off against Bublik and basically a pick a match in the first round is not exactly ideal. You're looking at Manorino, who has kind of struggled recently in the last couple of events he's been in. Chorich made the final uh, and then lost to Bublik and has kind of done nothing since. Shapo with 30 to 1, though, really? I mean, Shapo hasn't done anything for the last couple of months. Kaza is completely unproven. And the fact that he's $10 more expensive than Greek Spore, I think is ridiculous. Yeah, I think Greek Spore is mispriced. I think 40 to 1 is a bit large. I think it should be closer to 20 to 1. So I am going to go with the value here in favor of Greek Spore. So once again, my picks are going to be Medvedev at 160. I am going to go with Rublev at 550. And I am going to go with Greek Spore at 40 to 1 as my outright picks. Now, moving on to Clay, we have a tournament taking place in Chile, in Santiago. So I said before, but I will say it again, we actually do not have any quarter odds for this event. So we are going to have to just go straight to the outrights. But I do want to briefly mention the recent winners because I forgot to do that uh, initially for Dubai. So the recent winners, Jari bit Echeverri in three last year in the final. Uh, Pedro Martinez ended up beating Baez in the final the year prior. Green beat Bagnus. And Seabolt Wild ended up beating Rude. So two of the last three winners are actually home country guys in Jari and Green. Do I think that's going to happen again? Maybe. But the question is, do the odds actually allow me to take either guy? Because Green injury-wise has been pretty underwhelming for the last year or so. And Jari has been okay not amazing in 2024. We saw him make a final, and he ended up losing in uh, Buenos Aires after beating Alcaraz and lost to Diaz Acosta. So he's been okay, not phenomenal by any means. So I do kind of wish the form was a little bit better, especially after losing to Hanfin immediately 
in the previous tournament in Rio. But still, uh, to go through my actual uh, outrights, I'm going to read off the odds first. So the favorite is Jari at plus 325. Buys the second favorite at about plus 500. Once again, the odds are going to vary. Diaz Acosta is 9-1. to one. Green's 12-1. to one. Tabilo's 14-1 to one if you want another Chilean. Darderi. 14 to 1, Hoffman's 14 to 1, Munar 16 to 1, Fees is 17 to 1, Navone is 20 to 1, Seabolt Wild is 23 to 1, Baina is 25 to 1, Delling's 28 to 1, Mulcan is back, he's 33 to 1, Corey is 33 to 1, uh, Fonseca is 33 to 1, and you're kind of going down the line. Pedro Martinez, former champion, is 33 to 1. It's Clay. You can go all the way down the line and find a long shot you might like, but I think I kind of named everybody that I'm tempted by. Either way, though, point is to go through the actual outrights. I am actually not going to take Jari. Now, Jari at plus 325, I just think is a little bit too cheap for me. We saw last year he won the event. Every match went to three sets. He had no easy matches at all. Seemed like he was always pushed to the brink and he was always on the right side of it. He went to three sets against Schwartzman. I remember he had a marathon against Hoffman, had a marathon against Echeverry in the final. It was not easy for him. And Jari's form so far this year has left a little bit to be desired. So I am going to pass on Jari. I don't really like the angle. Uh, I don't believe you've had a back-to-back champion in this event for a while. So because of that, I'm going to skip Jari at plus 325. If it was 5-1, to one, I consider it. But 325, I'm not interested in. Baez, I am going to take. Now, fatigue could be an issue, but I do think, uh, based on the actual path that he has, it is a pretty favorable draw. Now, Baez is at plus 550. He has a buy in the first round, so he has some extra time to uh, recharge his batteries. And the fun part, he might have a rematch against Navone uh, because they would be potentially in line for a second-round matchup if Navone ends up A, showing up, and B, beating Varius, he should show up. He got a special exemption, so he's he's uh, pretty lucky to even be in the field. Point is, though, Varius has lost, I forgot, eight or nine in a row at this point, so you might end up seeing Baez have the opportunity to beat Navone again for the second time in a week to get into the quarterfinals. The rest of his section, though, you have Ramos Vanolas and Delian and Munar and Zapata Marias. Good luck with those four. They're going to kill each other, and Baez will get the scraps. Do like the overall draw. For Baez, I know how good of a player he is on clay. We just saw it in the final and I, in Rio. And the fact that he's a former finalist here does tell me that he can handle it. But he also has one for his unfinished business here. So give me Baez at plus 550 as my first pick here as the favorite option I'm going to go with. Now, as for the other two picks, I have a somewhat decent uh, middle-level long shot and a series long shot. So my middle... Long shot will be Seabolt Wild at 23 to 1. Now, looking at his overall performances recently, he was in terrible form, but he did win a couple matches in Rio, and I'm hoping that got him back on track. Now, he is a former champion, which helps. Was a while ago, but he beat Rude in the finals, so we know how good his clay level can be. We saw him beat Medvedev in the first round of the French Open last year, so we know that Seabolt Wild is definitely not afraid of big moments on clay, and I think he's in line for a pretty good showing here. Now, his draw is pretty good as a matchup against uh, Burachuga in the first round, who is a pretty new Argentinian player. Then a match against Fees, who's been terrible in 2024. So I do like that second-round matchup, potentially. Then a matchup against Diaz Acosta in the third round. He is 2-1 and one in the head-to-head on clay. And a fun fact that faced off last year in a challenger event, coincidentally, in Santiago, 
and Seabolt Wild won in straight sets. So Seabolt Wild has been Diaz Acosta on this exact same court, and I think that he's in line for what could be a good uh, Cinderella run at a good price at 23-1 to 1 for a former champion. But I do like what I saw from Seabolt Wild. Yes, he lost two in three sets to Nori. He still won a set, though, so he ended up doing something in that match. But the fact that he was in bed form and kind of found some of the form again in Rio means he might be kind of mispriced here. I think that if you were looking at him and being in relatively normal form, he'd probably be closer to 16 to one, 17 to one, but 23 to one. I like the price there. Give me Seabolt wild at 23 to one. And my long shot, I am going to go with a qualifier. I feel obligated to do so because there's been a qualifier making a deep clay run in almost every event so far this year. So I am going to go with a well-known challenger headcase Mutet at 40 to 1. Is this a is this a, a donation? Probably, but I feel like I keep missing out. So it's kind of a FOMO pick of just taking a qualifier for a dream run on clay. But Mutet's been in decent form. He ended up going through qualifying, so he's pretty accustomed to the courts in Santiago. Pretty good draw, though. Matchup against Baina in the first round. He's won each of the last three meetings, including the only clay match in their careers. Then a matchup against potentially Fonseca in the second round. I like Fonseca a lot. He's still 17, still immature. And Rio, he definitely benefited from the crowd advantage. He will not have that for the most part in this event. It's going to be a neutral site in Chile. Probably a little bit more Brazilian support, but not by much. So Fonseca's a 17-year-old, still unproven, and I think Mutet can bring some variety, which can keep Fonseca uncomfortable, and I think he can pull that off. Then a matchup against either Jari, Mulcan, or Coria. So Jari's path is not exactly ideal. A matchup against uh, either Mulcan or Coria in his first matchup there. That could be dicey, and I do think that Jari can maybe get upset by one of those guys in the first couple rounds. So maybe Mutek gets an easier matchup in the quarters, but still. And then you're looking at the semis. Hoffman, Darderi, or Green. Not a bad path for a 40-to-1 shot. I'm going to take a shot with it. I think that Mutet is in pretty good form, and I think he's in line to showcase a good amount of variety. The one thing I do remember from Santiago, I know it's the case with a lot of clay tournaments, but I remember that the balls were not bouncing that high and the bounces were absolutely atrocious last year. So if you want to look for guys who can maybe exploit some really underwhelming clay quality in terms of the actual courts themselves, I think Mutet's variety can make it really difficult, and, to call, and I think it's going to cause some bad bounces, whether it involves drop shots, whether it involves just the overall unique style of play that he plays. I think Mutet can maximize the unpredictability of the courts themselves in Santiago. You're going to know what I'm talking about when you watch the matches. The clay quality is really not great, and that was a main talking point that I had for the event last year. But give me Mutet at 40-1 to 1 as my long shot. So once again, my three picks for the outrights in Santiago. I'm going to go with Baez at plus 550. I'm going to go with Seabolt Wild at 23-1, to 1, and I am going to go with Mutet at 40-1. to 1. Moving on to Acapulco. Once again, we're going to talk about the actual tournament give out the outright picks, and then probably not talk about the event for the rest of the week because all the matches take place so late. I'm not going to stay up till 3 in the morning waiting for lines to drop. It's just not going to happen. So to go through the actual odds here for Acapulco, you have Zverev as the favorite, as he is currently around plus 450. Dimenauer is at around 650. Pasta 7-1. to one. Fritz is 7-1. to one. Rune is 8-1. to one. Shelton's 9-1. to one. Root is 10-1. to one. Felix is 14-1. to one. Paul is 14-1, to one, defending runner-up. 
Uh, Tiafo 16 to 1. Draper 20 to 1. Nori is 25 to 1. Thompson's 33 to 1 off of his Los Cabos win. Congrats to him, by the way. He not only won singles despite being exhausted and being on the court for I don't even know how many hours, he also won doubles. So Thompson got the Los Cabos sweep, which I feel like no, not enough people realized. So kind of a crazy week for Thompson winning two titles in the same event. So congrats to him. Uh, Kikmanovich is 40 to 1. Safulin is 40 to 1. You kind of get the point. So I am going to go with two short picks. I'm not going to go with any long shots because when you have Zverev, Dimenauer, Sitsipas, Fritz, Rune in the field, and Rude and Shelton, if you want to include them, there's a lot of talent, pretty top heavy. I'm not going to go with a Cinderella run. I don't see it. Congrats to Thompson. He made a very good run in Los Cabos. The field here in Acapulco seems very deep and very talented. I'm not going to go with any long shots. So my picks for this one, I am going to go with Zverev at 450. Did lose a heartbreaker. Three hours and 40 minutes against Thompson. Very close match. Final said breaker. I thought Zverev played well in the match, but Thompson was apparently in God mode at the tournament of his life. So Zverev ended up losing, but he had shots to win it, and I do like his overall form. I also forgot to mention the previous winners of the event. So to go through those quickly, uh, Dimenauer beat Paul last year, Nadal beat Nori, Zverev did beat Tsitsipas, Nadal beat Fritz, and Kyrgios did beat Zverev. So Zverev is a two-time finalist, one-time champion, and I do think he's in line for a good showing here. Zverev should have beaten Medvedev in the Australian Open semis. So he looked good in Australia for the most part. Looked pretty good in Los Cabos. But the point is, I think that he is in line for a pretty good showing here. Give me Zverev at 450. And for my other pick, my only other pick, I am going to go with an American, a former finalist. Give me Fritz at 7-1, mostly based on his current form. I think he's been really good. Uh, ended up looking pretty sharp in the Australian Open before losing to Djokovic. Even in that match, he played pretty well as he did lose in four. His draw, though, is pretty good. As Arnaldi in his first match, then Shelton, then Rude, uh, then Rune or Tiafo. He's on the opposite side of the bracket of Zverev, Dimenauer, and Tsitsipas. So that's a pretty solid draw for seven to one. I like it quite a bit. I think that he'll beat Arnaldi. I think he'll be favored over Shelton, who has been kind of underwhelming in 2024. Rude made a deep run in Los Cabos before losing to Thompson. I just don't trust Rude enough to actually look sharp on a regular basis. And then you have Rune and Tiafo. Both guys could lose before uh, potentially facing off against Fritz. So I do think Fritz at plus 700 is a good price. Former finalist who's in great form regained the top 10, and I do think that price feels pretty generous based on the draw. Give me Fritz at 7-1. to one. So once again, my picks for Acapulco, I'm going to go with Zverev at 450, and I'm going to go with Fritz at 7-1. to one. That's going to wrap it up, though, for my outrights for this episode. Now we're going to get into the actual lock and dog picks for some matches, but before getting to any of that, going to have a quick word from our sponsor. We're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the easiest place to play fantasy sports, and it's also the fastest-growing fantasy app in the industry. They also have great pick'em games, so you can pick whether your favorite players will go hot, will go higher or lower 
on stat totals in their upcoming games. You also can make a lot of, of uh, money because you can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players to build a pick'em entry. can also make rivals picks, which pits two players against each other. So you can choose, for example, in a basketball game, which player will have more points. You can also look at some tennis. They have some interesting options on the platform. They have aces. They have double faults. A lot of creative options to look into. But a reminder to sign up today with the promo code SGPN to get a first deposit doubled up to $100, as well as an instant pick'em special. Visit underdogfantasy.com. And f- or find them in the App Store. And don't forget to register with the promo code SGPN to get your first deposit doubled up to $100 with an instant pick'em special. Must be 18 plus and present in a state where Underwork Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concern with your play? Call 1-800-522-4700 or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Also, a reminder that SGPN is teaming up with Underdog to give you even more of a bonus. Sign up between now and the end of the month and five winners will receive an Underdog hat. Underdog shirt and a $50 SGPN gift card. Sign up today using promo code SGPN and then go to sportsgamepockets.com slash dog to enter the contest for your chance to win. We're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets. Win bigger by betting smarter this NBA season with Hall of Fame Bets. Sports analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NBA and soccer with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay idea. And to Hall of Fame Bets' revolution and prop lines are told to get hit rates broken down by leg as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate to, for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop back in the dark and join over 30,000 users reaching with Hall of Fame Bets to craft more intelligent, data-driven parlays. Download the app or visit hofbets.com and use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast. Just finished uh, previewing the three events for the upcoming week. Uh, we have Acapulco, Dubai, and we have Santiago. So now it's time for the actual lock and dog picks for some matches in the first round of those respective tournaments. Starting off with the lock, I am going to go to Acapulco. I am going to back a defending champion, a guy that completely no-showed the last event he was in as Dimenauer got destroyed in his match against Mickelson. But I am going to go with the total in this one because Dimenauer is a massive favorite. I think he's going to win comfortably, but I am going to take an alternative that is a good number. Give me the under 20 and a half games of minus 110 in the Dimenauer and Daniel match. Simply put, Dimenauer's own Daniel in their respective career meetings as looking at uh, the matchups. And Dimenauer's played five sets against Daniel. He's won all five sets by at least four games. So every single set has ended 6-2, 6-1, or 6-0. Pure domination in favor of Dimenauer, and the, la- if the last time they actually faced off in this event was last year, and Dimenauer won 6-2, 6-2. So I've seen Dimenauer beat Daniel comfortably in this exact environment, and I think he's going to want to do so once again. He should be well-rested, especially after he made a deep run in Rotterdam, then lost immediately to Mickelson in Los Cabos. He had basically a week off, so I think he should look rested. He's the former champion, defending champion, and I do think that Daniel's recent form leaves a lot to be desired. Daniel has lost five of the last six hardcore matches, not in good form, so I do think taking the defending champion, who has destroyed this guy on a regular basis in their two career meetings, to go under 20 and a half is a good alternative. I believe him in straight sets is like minus 200, minus 225, so it's a nice pivot. Give me some type of 6-3, 6-2 final, but I am going to go with the under as my lock uh, for the show. For my dog, I am going to go to Santiago, and I am going to go with one of my outright picks in the first round. He's a dog, but a small one. I am going to go with Moutet Moneyline at plus 110. 
Mutet went through qualifying, so he should have looked pretty sharp in this event because he's used to the courts in Santiago. Baina, though, has been a mess recently. Uh, Baina's lost each of his last three clay matches. Uh, he almost lost the one to Navone, which we had Navone Moneyline on, still salty about uh, in Cordoba. The point is, though, Baina has not been in good form, and I think that he's in a line to look underwhelming once again. Mutet's also been good in the head-to-head. Mutet has won each of the last three head-to-head meetings, including the only clay meeting so I think Baena being favored feels a bit off. Now, 110's cheap. I apologize for that. But still, it feels to me, based on the current form, that Mutet is in better form than Baena. So I don't really know why Baena's favored in this match. It might be close. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. It never is with Mutet. And you're assuming is going to make it interesting at various points. But I like the variety uh, that Mutet possesses. And I do like his current form. Give me Mutet, in my opinion, the better player right now at plus 110 on the money line. So once again, my picks for the show, the lock's going to be on Dimenauer and Daniel under 20 and a half games, minus 110. And my dog will be on Mutet money line at plus 110. That's going to wrap it up for this episode. We're back once again, later in the week for the quarters of Dubai and Santiago Acapulco, probably not because the lines come out so late and the matches end so late at night that it's, it's probably not going to happen. So we'll see what happens, but that's probably going to be the game plan until then though. Find me on the NBA show. Find me on the uh, baseball show. we got the MLB show. We're going to be ramping up division preview soon. Stay tuned for that. WNBA, when the season starts up, you get the point. Until then, though, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone.